Hey, what's up everyone? Sam here, Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back today with another client interview for you guys, uh, this time with Travis. And uh, you know, Travis has a probably similar background to um, a lot of you out there because you know I talk to so many of you and I kind of get a sense for the type of backgrounds that people usually have. But um, Travis is an interesting story because you know he actually originally went to community college for the first two years after high school and then he transferred to a non-target school and then he actually um, found out about banking uh, a bit late so he you know didn't really do a junior summer internship in banking but you know, I'm happy to say that um, today he's uh, he's recently accepted an offer uh, at an investment bank um, after coming to us in, I believe, late February of senior year. So very, very late in the game, um, but uh, we were able to help him get to <clears throat> a great outcome. And so wanted to get him on here to talk to you guys a little bit about his experience um, and also hopefully give some of you a bit of inspiration if you know, you're kind of sitting in uh, the same boat right now, maybe feeling like you're a bit behind on the process because of your your circumstances. So, Travis, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on here and talk to us today. Yeah, no, no worries. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Um, so, I guess, you know, before we start, if you can maybe, I know I just gave like a very high-level introduction, but if you could give people a little bit of a background on yourself, like what school did you go to, um, you know, what did you major in, like what were your Kind of what kind of candidate were you on paper? Let's let's give people a little more specifics. Yeah, so I know you kind of touched base on it um, at the very beginning. I started out at a, a junior college called Blinn College for the first two years, and uh, I was on a sort of special program where I was taking half of my classes there and uh, half of my classes at Texas A&M. Mm. And um, after two years, uh, if you had the Acquired GPA, you were able to transfer into A&M's business school, which is what I did. And so I, I transferred into their finance program mm. uh, as a junior. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then you graduated this, uh, I guess, what, five months ago, right? Yeah, just about. Yeah, I was a class of 2019. And uh, when, did you, when did you decide that you wanted to pursue investment banking? Um, it was always a thought, but I'd say when it really became, you know, priority number one was uh, right around February or March of my senior year. So super, super late into a, into the game. Okay. So like right around when you came to me, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you pretty much decided you want to do banking, realized that you were super late and then decided to get some help right away. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Okay. Well, that was smart. I mean, like I know a lot of, cause a lot of time people, by the time they come to me, they've already tried a bunch of stuff on their own and it hasn't worked. And then they come to me and um, it's like, well, we could have just helped you from the start. Right. So, um, so what were, uh, what were some of the challenges you were having at the time? I mean, obviously, you know, transfer, usually, you know, if people transfer from community college and they don't get to, <clears throat> you know, they don't get to their school until junior year, that already kind of sets them back in terms of the recurring timeline, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because... Um, no, yeah. go ahead. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest ones was that by the time that I got into um, A&M, I was, I was a junior. And uh, at that point, I think uh, most of the people uh, who were going the traditional route had already just got done doing recruiting for their junior internship. Mm. So I had just missed that boat. Right. Um, on top of that, I I just didn't have any direction. Um, you know, all I knew was sort of, you know, the few bulge bracket banks out there, and I didn't know anything about their processes or you know, sort of how to play the game or anything like that. Right. Right. And what what like obviously you know a And M A and M is not like a target score or anything, but there were some people at AM who were getting into banking, right? Like what type of students are uh, at AM were actually getting in? Yeah. So the kids from AM that got into banking, uh, they were all a part of this program uh, offered by AM, by AM called Aggies on Wall Street. And mm -hmm. uh, 
that's sort of like um like a fast track banking program that's really really selective to get into and you have to apply as a sophomore i think mm. so you know i <laughs> i wasn't really eligible for that either um this was sort of the main route for A&M kids if they wanted to to get into banking you know there was no really like investment banking club on campus that uh you know people could help you out with this this was pretty much do or die got it got it and okay so super selective club but it's not you i mean selective uh, selectiveness aside it's not like you even had a chance to apply for it because you just you weren't there as a sophomore so that's kind of a bummer um okay so that was challenging you weren't part of this club and then your gpa at the time was around uh, what uh, I had a round of three, three at the time. So definitely not very competitive either. Got it. Okay. So GPA was on the lower side, at least for investment banking. I mean, three, three is not horrible, but for investment banking, it's definitely on the lower side. Um, and then did you have any like relevant internship experience or anything like that? I wouldn't say relevant. I had done a real estate acquisition internship mm-hmm. um, my junior summer. So okay. it wasn't it wasn't crazy crazy relevant experience, but it, it was something to have on the resume, I guess. Got it. Was that the only internship you had? Yeah, that was the only thing that I did. Okay. Had you tried to apply for like a IB internship for the junior summer or no? I did, but again, I was just so poorly informed. That, you know, I all I thought was that there was just a handful of uh, bulls bracket investment banks, and that was that was it. And, uh, you know, those banks are looking at the top of the top and I just wasn't competitive. So it's pretty easy to, to figure out how those uh, applications went. Got it. Okay. So you kind of had an inkling of wanting to do IB already probably by junior year then since you did go for the junior summer internships. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then that didn't work out. You landed this real estate acquisition internship. Um, did you get a lot of like relevant experience there as far as like transferable skills to IB or was it like totally different? Um, I wouldn't say there was a lot of transferable skills. I mean, maybe working in PowerPoint, making pitch books or something like that, but there wasn't any like modeling or anything like that. Got it. Got it. Okay. So part of the challenge for you too was probably also like, even though you, I mean, having one internship on your resume by senior is not a lot, but even the one you did have, you weren't really sure how to make that relevant to banking or what you could even talk about then. Yeah. 100%. Got it. Okay. So then you came back senior year um, from this internship and then did you basically start applying for full-time right away then, or did you wait or what did you do? Um, the fall of my senior year, Honestly, I I don't think I did anything in terms of uh job hunting. I knew it was in the back of my mind that I needed to do something, but um I was honestly just focused on getting a higher GPA or you know trying to make myself a little more competitive and uh all of that kind of stuff just sat in the back burner for a while. Got it, got it. Which is why you didn't really start thinking about it until like February or March. Yeah. By then you were, you know, two or three months away from graduating. Yeah. Okay. And the reason you start was it just like, holy crap, I only got two or three months before I graduate. I got to start now or it's, it's now or never type of thing. Yeah, that was definitely a part <laughs> of it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Okay. And so like what type of firms did you apply to? Uh, again, it was just, you know, really, really poor information that I had. So I was just applied to, you know, the most well-known banks and firms that you could think of. Cause I didn't even know that, you know, boutique banks and things like that really existed for the most part. Mm, I see. So yeah, it was just the sort of big names that pretty much everybody knows to apply to. Yeah. Like Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, example city, that type of bank. Okay. Got it. Um, understood. So then like how, um, how are you like finding these opportunities back then? Like before Wall Street Mastermind, like what did you, how did you go about looking for jobs and stuff? Um, 
I'd say the same way that everybody does sort of just Googling. I would literally just Google investment banking analyst positions um, in between classes while I was on campus, um, kind of surfing through LinkedIn. And it was just a um, very, very, I guess, basic way of uh, job hunting. Yeah. Yeah. And like how many applications would you say you submitted before you, before coming to us, like in total? Or ballpark? Uh, I don't know. Maybe 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not a lot. Okay. And did you get any interviews from those applications? No, I got zero interviews. I, I, got, I think I got a higher view from JP Morgan, but I think that's given to just about anyone. Right, right. Okay. Okay, got it. So basically, was doing a lot of just applying on your own but kind of lost in terms of how to go about it the right way and not really getting any results um and that's kind of when you came to us so before we talk a little bit about wall street management like what was your motivation for wanting to do banking like why why did you want to go for some i mean obviously you um decided pretty late but like what made you want to go for it despite you know, all the challenges and obstacles that were standing in your way? Um, the biggest thing that appealed to me was definitely exit opportunities. Um, I think it's pretty hard for anybody, um, you know, my age to know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life. Sure. So, um, you know, who knows, who knows what I want to do five, 10 years from now. And I figured uh, having a, an investment banking job or starting out in the industry would you know best set me up for anything that i wanted to do later okay okay got it so it's just it's just like being able to learn as much as possible and having the flexibility to go in whatever direction you want later on since you don't really know what your i guess what your life's calling is yet right yeah got it okay okay so then <clears throat> were there any um resources that you were using prior to wall street mastermind that like how did you learn about investment banking and what you needed to do and how did you like study for this stuff um resources i'd say i have very few maybe a few family friends uh, a professor or something like wall street oasis you know very very bare bones um as far as studying for you know whatever it is that i need to know for interviews i mean that was that was probably the worst part of having you know no direction or from any of these resources i honestly didn't know what i didn't know so there was you know just kind of being pulled in all sorts of different directions at the same time and not really hitting the points that i needed to be i see so were you using like interview guides or just like looking up articles on the internet or uh, both, yeah, interview guides, articles, you know, personal, uh, like testimonies about interview processes, stuff like that. I see. Got it. What, uh, what interview guide uh, did you use specifically? I think it was the mergers and inquisitions interview guide. Okay. Breaking in a wall street. Something like that. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So you just like kind of read through it and then what, try to memorize the answers yeah, basically. And it's an interview guy with like four or 500 questions or something like that. So right. not exactly efficient. Right. And do you feel like you actually understood the concepts or were you just kind of memorizing it without really understanding it? Definitely for the most part, memorizing without understanding it. There's a few things that I could understand and apply to different scenarios, but for the most part, a lot of these things I had never even heard of. Uh, at A&M, you know, there's very, very few classes that are even relevant to banking and they're all electives and they all have very limited number of seats. Uh -huh. So it's, uh, you know, it's not a good equation for uh, success. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So the prep wasn't very effective. And then like, how did you, how did you find out about this? How did you find out about Wall Street Mastermind? Um, I think because I was sort of digging around on the internet Facebook kind of picked up on my search history and I actually got an ad from you guys on Facebook. Mm. And so I had joined the, um, the public Facebook group. I was sort of digging around and, you know, seeing, uh, 
exactly what was going on. You know, I decided to schedule the first intro meeting just to uh, sort of get on the map and learn a little bit more. Got it. Got it. And then kind of walk us through what happened from there. So we got on a phone call. We talked. You and I talked for the first time. And then you decided that you wanted to do the program, I guess. Um, and then you had to what, talk to your family about it, right? Yeah, so uh, during our first intro call, you know, you gave me your background. And, uh, you know, I figured this was um, – you know, probably uh, the best opportunity that I had to get some help from someone that was really on the inside. And, you know, I'm sure you realize this, but like, I have a tendency to overthink, you know, like the tiniest, smallest, most insignificant <laughs> details. And, uh, you know, it's really nice to have someone super experienced in your corner to sort of, you know, like take you off of those, uh, those kind of paths. Mm. But uh, yeah, so um, once I had sort of decided, you know, I think this is something that I need to do. I talked to my parents about it and they were, they were super skeptical, obviously. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think they had the same concerns that just about anybody, uh, anybody's family would have for something like this. I mean, it's just some random guy that you met on the internet and, you know, he's trying to sell you something and, you know, it's, it just, it just doesn't sound, uh, very nice on paper. Right. But, uh, yeah. But after, uh, you talked to him. You know, you gave them the same rundown that you gave me. Um, you know, they sort of got at ease and, you know, we really started to um, to consider it at that point. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, because I, I talked to your mom and, and your older brother, right? And I remember they had a, a ton of questions for me, which is cool. Like, I talk to people's parents all the time. Brothers, not as much, but I talk to, like, moms and dads all the time. And, uh, you know, obviously they want what's best for you. They just want to make sure that, this is actually something that will help you and not just some rando on the internet trying to steal your money. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm the youngest of the family. So their idea of me is, you know, this gullible kid and they just assume someone's taking advantage of me automatically. Right. right. Yeah. No parents. Um, well, regardless of whether you're the youngest or not, it's like, I feel like parents just inherently always feel like, like you're, you'll always be a kid in their eyes. Right. Um, and they just always think that, you know, they need to protect you and, uh, and they know best when it's funny. Cause I, I run into this a lot, but like when it comes to investment making recruiting, um, 99% of the time, the kid actually knows a lot more than the parents, right? Because the kid is the one who actually wants to do it and has been doing all this research on uh banking and knows like what the what the recruiting process is like what the challenges are what they actually need to do whereas for the parents it's just like they know very vaguely what investment banking is or maybe they've heard the term but they don't know what it is exactly they think it has to do with like investing in stocks or something and then they have no idea how just how hard it is or why you even need help right and so that's always a challenge I have to overcome because it's, it's ironic because they want to, they want to protect you and they're coming from a, good, a place of um, good intentions. But at the same time, they're actually not like, they don't have all the right context and uh, they, they're not like super qualified to make an informed decision unless we kind of educate them a little bit. Right. Yeah. Got it. So, okay. But fortunately we were able to, kind of convince your your mom and your brother that this was legit and then so you came into the program right um so then talk a little bit and i think this was again late february of your senior year so kind of walk us through your experience in the program like what um what do we help you with exactly yeah so i mean this was everything from interview prep whether it's behavioral technical um down to uh, landing the interview or even finding opportunities to apply to. Um, you know, I, I came in super late and, uh, luckily I, I had a, an on-campus interview offer pretty, pretty soon after. And so it was really, really fast. You know, I had to jump straight into, uh, uh, interview prep and I think the interview went fairly well, but, uh, I, since it was such a small firm, I think it was more about technical fit, but I mean, without Wall Street Mastermind, I wouldn't have known anything about what they were going to ask me. Pretty much, I can say, 
Uh, 99% of the questions they asked me in, in, in those interviews, we had gone over in just those short few weeks that I had with you. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's just, um, like I said, like before with my so-called resources, I just didn't have any directions. There was, there was so many information just out on a sheet of paper or out on a message board, but, um, wall street mastermind has this great ability to sort of cut away all the fluff and give you just exactly what you need. And it's mm-hmm. packaged in a way that you can digest it in, in a really, really, uh, short amount of time. And it's, it's, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't put into words how, how helpful it was. Got it. Got it. So, so we helped you with that interview. That was, and that was your first interview ever, right? Pretty much. Yeah. It was my first investment banking interview. Okay. And you actually applied for that through on campus recruiting right before you joined Wall Street Mastermind, right? Um, I think actually I applied maybe right when I joined, but it was very, very, very close. Oh, okay. Oh, like you joined and then we rushed to like revise all of your resume and cover letters and application materials. And yeah. so that you could apply for that in time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So right off the bat, you saw the difference in terms of going from not being able to get a single interview to us just doing some work on your applications. And then all of a sudden you're starting to get interviews. So that's good. Um, but then that you didn't end up getting that offer, right? Yeah. No, no, I didn't get that one. Got it. Cause that was like your first interview ever. And quite frankly, we were cramming all the interview stuff in just like that, that week or two before you had the interview, yeah. but it was good experience. Nonetheless, like it kind of, I'm guessing you came out of that interview probably feeling a lot more confident than when you were going in and you had never done an interview before. Cause now you at least have a taste of what interviewing was like. And you know, you're like, it's, this is totally something you can handle, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So then from then, from that point forward, what happened then? Like, obviously you have to keep applying to a lot more places and as many firms as possible, right? And at this point, you're probably in like mid-March. So you're like two months away from graduating. So there is like a lot of urgency on your side, right? Yeah. So after, pretty soon after I didn't get that, um, that offer from the on-campus recruiting uh, opportunity, I actually got a um, a, uh, a Super Day invite. No, I'm sorry, the HireVue invite for um, uh, Bank of America's full-time analyst program. And uh, I didn't really think much of it. You know, I talked to you about, you know, how, to best, how, how the best way uh, to approach a HireVue was. Sort of uh, kind of just... I, I I definitely put effort into it and, you know, went forward with it. Didn't think really much of it because, you know, who was I? I was some random kid, no internship experience or no relevant internship experience. You know, why, why would I suddenly land a, land a bulge bracket offer, uh, you know, a few months from graduation? Right. Uh, and we got really lucky in that I was invited for, uh, to come back for the super day. And, and from then it was um, sort of like a whirlwind. Um, went to the super day in New York and it was, um, it went really, really well. There actually wasn't a lot of technicals that one. And it was just a weird process in general, not a lot of technicals, mostly behaviorals. Um, and that went really, really well. And so there was two groups that were interested in me from that point. Um, I got the call back to fly down to Palo Alto to meet their tech team. And, um, this time it didn't go so well, but it wasn't anything that, you know, the program had to do with, it was, you know, honestly, all on, all on, uh, you know, my end, everything, again, everything that they had asked me, we had gone through one way or another in the program. It's just that, you know, this was so rapid fire that, um, you know, uh, I guess, uh, I wasn't as efficient with my time as I, as I should have been. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, we would have had this, you know, crazy Cinderella story, but, um, <laughs> you know, if, uh, there's, I mean, there's honestly no doubt in my mind that, you know, if I had started Wall Street Mastermind, you know, even a few months further than, uh, you know, I would have landed that offer as well. But even without Wall Street Mastermind, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have gotten past the higher view probably. Mm, yeah. I mean, for that one too, I think there were a couple other things going on as well, right? Like one is, like you said, you were so, like the, the BAMO interview for you was so unexpected. Like you were coming to me February, late February of senior year, 
you weren't even trying to gun for like a bulge bracket offer, right? Because like at that point, like all the bulge bracket banks have been done with hiring already, but it's like all of a sudden when this thing gets dropped in your lap, um, the natural human tendency is just to be very, very like to want it very badly. Yeah. Right. And what I found from having worked with a lot of clients is that usually you gotta, you gotta stay even keeled about these types of things. And that's easier said than done, but it's like, usually when you want something too much, then like you get nervous and then like, you don't, you don't perform like you don't, uh, you don't play your a game. Right. No. It's like, if you go on a date with like a super hot girl and you think she's like, out of the league, like you probably don't act like yourself. Right. And then you don't, you don't seem as confident and, like then you're you're not as attractive, right? It's kind of like I mean, the concept. Even, uh, on top of all that, I mean, this was my second investment banking interview ever at this point, you know. So like, it's not like I had the practice, you know, or anything like that. It was just a, a you know a crazy experience. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the other thing too is like you had a little bit of bad luck, right, for that last interview where there was like some sort of mix up about they, them thinking you were late when you actually weren't late. Yeah, I mean, uh, eh, yeah, but what what can you do? You know, it's just ha things happen. So I mean, I guess it just wasn't a wasn't for me. But you know, I was glad to have, at least have the experience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so that was a big that was a big disappointment. I mean, that was a roller coaster. That was like huge excitement for getting the interview, and then probably huge disappointment when you didn't get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you had to keep going, obviously. Right. Um, and then so take us through the process from there. I mean, like you just kept applying. I mean, you were a I gotta say you were like a, a beast in terms of just staying on top of the jobs that are available and applying to all sorts of places out there, as far as I could see anyway. Um, you were like a hawk, <laughs> like just watching all the opportunities. But like how many opportunities would you say you probably applied to in total? Ah, Jesus, uh, I don't know, the hundreds, hundreds to thousands, probably. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, applications that I have outstanding probably that were, you know, it never even looked at, you know, but uh, I mean, I, I can't even say how many. I just, I had so much free time at the time outside of class. You know, I was on campus uh, throughout pretty much the whole day. And, you know, obviously I'm not in class all the time. So whatever time I wasn't in class, I was just sort of, surfing the web you know I, I instead took the time that i was surfing on facebook or twitter and i just used it to surf linkedin or google for for jobs yeah this was like you're 100 focused on just getting this done basically it was like your number one priority yeah definitely okay and then um ultimately uh where did you end up initially after you graduated because you you did find something right yeah, so um, lucky for me in this sense, uh, I was in a financial modeling class at A&M. It was actually an elective, and uh, the professor he um, he stays in he stays uh, in tune with you know these sort of opportunities and kind of encourages students to apply here and there. And um, he had a mutual friend from Harvard Business School who had more or less just started up his own private equity firm in Boston. And so he kind of let us know, like, hey, I think uh, for those of you who are looking for an internship, I recommend you apply. And most of the kids in the class were juniors. And so um, more or less, uh, you know, they might be able to pursue it. But, you know, I was a graduating senior. Most of the guys in my position are looking for full-time jobs. And it was also an unpaid internship. Mm -hmm. And so it, it definitely, for on paper, didn't sound appealing to a senior. But, you know, given where I was, you know, no relevant experience, non-target school, you know, not very competitive GPA, you know, I figured I, I needed something. Right. And so I went ahead and I applied to that. And, um, uh, it wasn't a crazy interview process, but, um, I, I think what really helped me out was just sort of, uh, sort of understanding, you know, the few, topics that we covered in the program well enough to the point where I asked really, really detailed questions. And that sort of, that sort of subtly kind of nudged them towards my direction. And I was really, really lucky in that, you know, they, they chose me. 
Mm. And so I went out to Boston for the summer and, um, you know, that was really, really great relevant experience. You know, I'd finally had something that, you know, I could hold an intelligent conversation about, you know, in, in an interview. Whereas right. before it was kind of just spitballing like, yeah, you know, I put together some PowerPoints, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, it was nothing really tangible. Right. Yeah. And that, so that was, they took what, one intern? They took, there was, I think there was six or seven of us total. Oh, okay. Got it. And, but it was unpaid and it started in the summer. So right after you graduated, right? I graduated on May 9th and it started on May 12th. Okay. And how many, uh, how many intern or how many months did you intern there for? Uh, I was there until August 20th. Okay. So you did about three months. Yeah. Okay. And then it was always the deal that that wasn't going to be an internship that turned into a full-time offer or what was the deal with that? Yeah. So, I mean, even in the posting, you know, given that they're a new firm, there was never a full-time opportunity. And, uh, Got it. Got it. So that, so then that was just some, in your mind, that was just something to get you some relevant experience, kind of hold you over while you continue to look for the real full-time opportunity that you needed. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So then while you're working there and you got pretty good experience, right? Like you, actually like learned a lot about modeling and you were doing LBOs and looking at deals and all sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was even given like client facing uh, opportunities and things like that. It was, it was crazy. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so, Hey, even though it was unpaid, a lot of times you do these unpaid internships and they're kind of like sort of BS where you're not really getting a whole lot of responsibilities cause they're not paying you anyway. So they don't care. But in this case, even though it was unpaid, you don't really care about that. Like the most valuable thing is just having real deal experience that you can talk about in interviews, right? Yeah. Got it. So you got that um, under your belt. In the meantime, while you're interning, and how many hours were you doing per week on average? Uh, see, I mean, I don't know, maybe 60 to 70. Okay. Um, most of the time I'd say we would leave around – you know, six to seven, you know, if there was something that we had a deadline, okay. you know, we were pressing deadline, we might stay a little longer, but I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, you know, like anywhere near the sort of stress that you might see in like a bulge bracket investment banking internship. Sure. Okay. So you were doing 60, 70 hours a week and then just recruiting for full time on the side, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I guess let's fast forward to that process. So you kept recruiting. How was full-time recruiting going at that point then? Uh, definitely much better than, um, <laughs> than it was while I was still in school. Okay. Uh, it was a little different because, I mean, it seemed like a, s a second that I graduated, all the positions that, um, that were looking for, you know, uh, new grads were asking for some sort of experience or whatever a year's worth of experience or some sort of, some sort of obstacle. It seems like the second that I graduated, you know, they said they wanted all these things from me. So mm -hmm. in that aspect, the, uh, the pool definitely shrank a lot, mm -hmm. but um, you know, based on what we learned in the program, you know, and how you position yourself for these opportunities, suddenly, uh, you know, people were actually willing to listen to me now. And, you know, uh, when, when you have that opportunity and you have the, you know, the actual, you know, um, substance that you can talk about, you know, things happen. And so, um, overall, I think the, the opportunity pool was smaller, but more people were willing to talk to me just cause, you know, I was able to, um, sort of market or market myself a certain way based on what we learned in the program yeah. and the fact that I had some more relevant experience now. Yeah. So opportunities uh, pool is smaller because I think what you're saying is like, look, if you, if you don't go through the normal recruiting pipelines while you're still in school, by the time you graduate, you pretty much fall into like the experienced hire candidate pool as opposed to like the, you know, undergrad hiring pipeline. Right. And so if you're in an experienced hire candidate pool, a lot of these places they want, since it's a lateral hire, they want someone who's already had at least a year or at least some investment making experience under their belt. 
right? Yeah. Okay, got it. So that was tough, but fortunately, you got this uh, internship experience at the private equity firm, which helped you out a lot. And then, but more importantly, on the networking side of things, because you knew how to network effectively and how to kind of make yourself stand out, probably in situations before where people wouldn't even respond to you when you try to network with them. Now they were actually giving you the time of day. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, for a lot of people, they're like, they just want, they just need an opportunity, right? Like people always say, if I could just get in front of them and get to talk to them, I feel like, you know, I'll have a shot. But the, the trouble is like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong uh, to, to make it so that they won't even talk to me in the first place. Right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Got it. So ultimately then, uh, where did you end up or where are you going to be going? I know you're starting work uh, soon in a few days, right? Yeah. So I actually pretty much just accepted an offer just about one or two weeks ago at a, uh, a private bank down here in Houston on their energy team. Okay. And, uh, you know, funny story. This is uh, they were actually looking for an experienced hire. They were looking for someone with at least a year's worth of uh, oil and gas or investment banking experience. Mm. And uh, you know, just like what we just talked about, um, it was just you know how I networked and how I was able to sort of get my foot in the door to get them to sort of listen to my you know whole pitch that they decided to move forward with me. You know, otherwise, if I had just applied on LinkedIn, just like everybody else, they would have toss my resume in the trash because you know right off the bat i don't have the experience they're asking for right right yeah because you didn't have a year of experience and so they actually i'm sure they interviewed a lot of other people that did have a year of experience but they still chose you over them though. yeah that's uh that's amazing man um and and for that interview process um like what did you have to do for it like what were the different rounds and kind of what did you have to what to, what did you have to show them to be able to get the job so first was a sort of uh, basic intro call with HR to sort of, sort of uh, get basic information on, you know, me as the candidate, you know, where I'm staying, uh, you know, expected salary, things like that. Nothing really related to investment banking itself. Uh, from then, they moved me on to um, an analyst. Um, who Actually, no, no. The analyst was supposed to call me, but you know, there's something I'd come up. So they sort of expedited the process and just gave me a modeling test in, in place of a uh, technical interview. Mm. And uh, so I had, they it's said, probably, probably made it harder for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, all we were doing for the most part was, you know, preparing for these technical questions, you know, application is, is a little different, but uh, you know, luckily we touched base on that as well in the program. So uh, the, you know, they sent me the materials uh, on a weekend. I had two hours to complete it and sent it back. And um, after that, I had um, I met the director in Houston face to face for a quick coffee chat just to, you know, get to know each other a little bit more. You know, being that it's a fairly small team, I think, you know, they wanted to get the team dynamic right. Yeah. And uh, once I met with him, you know, he uh, I guess everything was good on his end he put me in touch with the associate and the other director in, uh, in DC that we'd be working with. Yeah. They got to know me a little bit better. And then, you know, um, I think four hours after that call, he called me back and uh, gave me an offer. Awesome, man. So I guess it sounds like the hardest part of that process was probably the, the modeling test. Then. Yeah, definitely. All right. So you had to build what type of model in, in a two hour time frame? Was it a three statement model? Yeah, it was just a three statement model, but um, it wasn't like they gave you a template to fill in with certain assumptions. It was actually sort of like a case study format. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they gave you this paragraph or, you know, page full of just information that you had to sort of, uh, you know, uh, create your own model around and, you know, make it tidy and all, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, can you imagine like for most people, and, you know, I guess, like, that makes sense because, like, since they're looking for experience hire, probably a lot of their candidates have built models before. So that was, like, a reasonable expectation, right? But uh, for someone who's just coming out of undergrad and maybe doesn't really have that much work experience, you know, if you think about how people usually prefer these interviews where they're just taking the breaking a Wall Street guide and 
memorizing answers to 400 technical questions or whatever, I mean, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to build a three statement model from scratch just with some assumptions if that's how you're learning this, right? Yeah. Like you absolutely, what you absolutely have to have is like application knowledge, meaning like you've truly understand the concepts, you know, how all the statements link together. What are the line items? What do they mean? How are they all linked together? And then being able to like, model that out in an excel spreadsheet and it's just like that's how we try to kind of uh i mean we don't we don't like that's how we try to uh teach our clients their technicals is like making sure you actually really understand the concepts behind it and not just using brute force memorization because that, that doesn't get you very far right yeah. and uh, what i really liked about the program in that aspect was that um like like i had said earlier it's just uh packaged in a certain way and presented in a certain way that's so you know, very, very easily understood and digested by, you know, anybody. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I had such a short amount of time, I, I, I couldn't deal with all the sort of fluff that all the other guides had. I needed something that, uh, you know, would get me to, to the end point as soon as possible. And I think uh, the program did exactly that. Yeah, well, that's interesting. That you mentioned the fluff, because one complaint I get from people a lot is, there's so much stuff in these guides. And people know that they're not going to get asked all of these things in the interviews because these interviews are usually like 30 minutes, right? So they feel like they're wasting a bunch of time and they don't know what to focus on. Um, I think the reason why the guys throw like hundreds of questions at people is because that's their way of quote unquote adding value, right? Like look at how comprehensive our guide is. Look at all this information. This is how we justify, you know, uh, charging you whatever the hundreds of dollars that you pay for these guys when in reality that's kind of counterproductive right like more is not always better sometimes less is more right it's about like our goal uh, we take the entirely opposite approach which is the whole point of our clients working with us is so that they can get from point a to point b in the shortest amount of time right i don't think anybody really cares how much information you give them or like how many, how many hours? Well, I was told it was like, look, if I could get you there in 20 hours versus I could get you there in 200 hours, same outcome, like which one would you rather have, right? And everybody always wants to get there in 20 hours, right? And so that's our philosophy is like, we don't want any fluff. We want to get you there in the most straight line way possible, right? And because uh, a lot of times like with investment banking recruiting, um, there's a lot of urgency, right? The longer you wait, um, the less likely it is that you're going to find a job, right? Like your probability of succeeding goes down and the quality of the firms that are available also goes down, right? Because usually the best firms get kind of filled up first. Yeah. Um, so I think really at the end of the day, one of the biggest value propositions, and I, I'm sure you'll agree with this too, is just how much time it saves you. Right, like from not having to get distracted by unnecessary things or not having to do a lot of trial and error and experimenting on your own because you're not really sure what works and what doesn't. Um, and just having like that step by step proven game plan and frameworks to follow, and all you got to do is go out and execute on it. Yeah, definitely. Cool, man. Um, so I guess, do you have any uh, last minute advice for students who are listening or maybe people who are kind of in a similar situation that you were in before, found out about banking a little bit later for whatever reason, maybe don't have a whole lot of relevant experience, maybe they go to non-target schools, maybe their GPA is not as good, whatever, right? Like they have all these obstacles sitting in front of them, seemingly impossible outcome. Like, what would you tell them? Huh. Uh, first and first thing, I guess just, uh, you know, just be willing to put in the work, I guess. I know that's pretty much what everyone tells anybody in, uh, these situations, but definitely be ready and willing to work hard, you know, towards this goal. Um, it's definitely not going to be easy. And, uh, I think the second thing is, uh, be resilient. I mean, uh, I know you have like some studs in your program, they get every single offer and every single, uh, 
um, interview uh, requests and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I think that's, those are special cases and, you know, props to them, but you know, that wasn't my path. Mm. Um, you know, I, I went from, like I said before, you know, I went from having a non-competitive GPA, non-target school to being within reach of working at a bulge bracket bank in, uh, in California, you know, and to have that sort of fall apart at the last second, the very, very last second, right before the finish line, you know, it was devastating. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I really had to, uh, sort of readjust and refocus and get back on track after that. So definitely, uh, be ready and be willing to take the hits. You know, um, I think it's very, very likely that the first one's probably going to be a no, maybe the second one might even be a no, but you know, all you need is one, you know, that could be the third or fourth. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, it's funny that you mentioned some of those, um, quote unquote studs in the program or whatever. Um, I always tell people like, don't play the comparison game. Right. Cause like, you know, you're just really at the end of the day, you're competing with yourself. You're trying to be the best version of yourself. I always tell every client before they come in the program, like one thing that we do differently at Wall Street Mastermind is that we acknowledge that every single client is different. Right. Like you guys have different backgrounds. You go to different schools, different grades, different experiences. You guys are starting at different points in time, you know, in the recruiting timeline. Um, a lot of those uh, people who ha get those phenomenal outcomes, like they, they start like freshman and sophomore years. Right. Which is really nowadays, like if you want to get into like the whatever bulge bracket, elite boutique banks, it's kind of like how early you have to start, which is kind of ridiculous. But um, but it is what it is, right? Like everybody's got their own journey. Um, and our goal is to just always help every single one of our clients get a much better outcome than they could have on their own, regardless of what their starting point is, right? Um, and so I think, you know, we definitely were able to accomplish that for, for you, uh, as well as for most of our clients. And so that's really fulfilling for us. Right. But I think, um, you made another good point too, which is like, at the end of the day, I mean, we're here to help, but ultimately you as the client had to put in the work, right? Like you had to be super resilient, right? You had to decide how you wanted to show up. And you know, when there were setbacks along the way, um, and cause I'm not saying that there's not going to be any setbacks and you're not the only client that has setbacks. Like a lot of our clients, go through some rejections before they get, you know, their first offer, right? That's very normal. Um, but it's how you kind of deal with that adversity and how you kind of come back from that. Like I always tell people like a setback is a setup for a comeback, right? And so it's how you come back from that. That's going to go a long ways in determining whether you have that ultimate uh, success or not. Right. And of course, you know, along the way, having resilience alone is not enough. You need to have, the right frameworks and the right strategies and, and the, and the knowledge that you need to succeed. And that's all stuff that we can help you with. Right. But what kind of the internal stuff, um, we kind of coach you on that a little bit, but a lot of that comes from you, uh, and, and how, how you are as a person. Right. So it's really a, it's really a partnership is how I think about it. It's like, it's a two way street where I got to hold up my end of the bargain and you got to hold up your end of the bargain for us to get the outcome that, now we both want right and if just one of us doesn't do what we're supposed to do then it's not going to work out right definitely awesome man so look uh i think your story is like super inspiring um because i know there are a lot of people out there who like are in very similar situation as you um because i hear i hear similar stories all the time so i really appreciate you coming on here and just sharing your story with everyone. And, um, you know, you're probably giving some people, some of our listeners right now, some hope that, Hey, this can be done. Right. Or even if, you know, they think, Oh, I'm already a senior and it's too late or whatever. It's like, if you're determined enough and if you're resourceful enough, you don't take no for an answer. Um, and you get the proper guidance that you need you know, so that you can minimize the amount of time you have to spend on this process. It can absolutely be done. Right. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, and huge congratulations, obviously on, you know, getting to this point. And I can't wait to see kind of 
what else you have in store, you know, like ahead, um, you know, in the future for you. And uh, for all of our listeners right now, it's like, hey, if you, if you feel like you're in a similar situation as Travis, or maybe you're not even in a similar situation, maybe you're, you're in a better situation than he is. And it's like, if Travis could do it, seriously, like, what reason is there for you to not be able to do this, right? So if you want like the type of help that Travis got and you just want that guidance to help you kind of turn things around, like you know you're capable of getting a banking job, but right now maybe you're just a little bit lost or you kind of don't have the direction that you need and you just need that little extra push to get over the hump, then I want to invite you to just book a free strategy session with us, right? It's, it's just the first call for us to get to know you and learn more about your situation, see what it is that you're having challenges with and figure out um, together what the best strategy is for you. And then if you want us to help you implement that strategy, and if we think that we can help you, um, then we can talk about what that might look like, right? But, you know, we don't always work with everybody we talk to because we have a limited bandwidth here. Um, and so regardless, either way, whether we work together or not, that's totally fine. Um, our goal is to just provide you with a lot of value on that call and give you a lot of clarity on your situation so that you can move forward with or without us and be much better off than you would be on your own. Right. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, you can go book, uh, a time that works for your schedule at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And just so you guys know, the street is abbreviated to ST. So it's wall ST mastermind.com slash apply. Okay. And you know, I look forward to either me or someone on my team look forward to speaking with you and uh, learning more about how, um, how your process is going and figuring out a way to help you get to your, the end goal that you're looking for. Okay. So That'll be it for today, guys. Travis, again, thank you so much for, you know, spending an hour of your time on the weekend to come on here and talk to us. Best of luck uh, with your new job that's starting in a few days. And uh, definitely keep in touch and don't be a stranger. Um, you know, we tell everyone, once you're a part of the Wall Street Mastermind family or what we call the Wolfpack, you know, we're always going to be here to support you, um, you know, forever, basically. So. Um, don't be a stranger and uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm uh, happy to come on. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I was able to, uh, you know, make a difference and inspire somebody because uh, I remember when I first started the program, I was listening to these uh, client interviews and I definitely wanted to be a success story. <laughs> well, and now you are, man. So um, it's come full circle. So awesome. Well, uh, have a great weekend. All right. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with more of these uh, very, very soon.